live from Happy Pappy's Hold Up Western Adventure in Billings, Montana, and brought to you by Kamaka Ukuleles, inventors of the pineapple ukulele. Kamaka Ukuleles. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 39, and we are recording on Sunday, 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 January 29th. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? I was having a midlife crisis. Unfortunately, there's not enough hard disk space on my computer to record all of your crises, so I think we should move right into our emails now. All right. Why don't you get us started? Okay. The first email we have is from Rolvishnar. And Rolvishnar is on the Trankanon server over there in EverQuest 1. And he entitles his email EQ2 Questions. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of months now. I was an avid EQ1 player for about a decade. Even now, I'm still subscribed. It's been years since I've accomplished anything for real, though. I tried EQ2 when it first came out and restarted two or three times since then. To me, it's never really felt like EQ. That said, I've only ever gotten to 36. With all the news, expansion, and smoke jumper interview, I've been thinking about giving it another go. So now to my questions. Generally, I end up playing solo and like to explore and find little hidden Easter eggs in the game. What classes can solo fastest and most effectively? Can I make a troll beast lord and have a crocodile pet? And if so, what level can I get a crocodile? Could you maybe outline a progression path for me to level through where I could experience as much solo-friendly content that was in EQ1 as possible. If I come back, I'll be a subscriber and buy the expansion. It's only $20 a month now for Station Access since SWG shut down. Thanks. Signed, Rolvishnar of Trankanon EQ1. Sally, what do you think of some of the questions that Rolvishnar asks? He or she asks about what classes can solo fastest or most efficiently and speaking from my personal experience, I'm I'm a ranger, and the ranger is actually very easy and fast solo-wise. Not sure how efficient they are, but um, they are easy and fast. Um, also, having played a Shadow Knight, those are super easy. And I've heard Beast Lords are easy and fun. So if you're thinking of going down that road, that might be the way to go. As for a Troll Beast Lord, yeah, I believe you can roll a Troll Beast Lord. And as a matter of fact, as a troll, you get a crocodile at level one. Uh, the other thing he asks is about outlining a progression path. I would say, you know, EQ2 kind of does that for you already with the storylines tab. That's what it's called, right? Storylines? Yes. Okay. Um, and it just kind of takes you along the golden path, which is sort of an imaginary path that is sort of solo friendly and... Basically, everything's oriented to your level, to the zone that you're in, and it takes you through, progresses you through the zones in a logical way. And at the end, you end up with 
a bunch of armor and gear and stuff that is appropriate. So, I mean, if you really want to absorb as much as possible as far as solo content, um, one thing you can do is if you find you have a lot of green quests and you're about to level, is level lock until you finish all those green and blue quests uh, in in whatever particular area you're in, and then unlock once you've done all of those and you can safely move along. You know, I think you'll you'll run out of levels before you run out of content. There's so much solo content that you'll end up with a bunch of gray quests in your journal and not get XP for them. So level locking is one way to, you know, actually improve your AAs lower down as you progress in levels. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I would suggest maybe for a brand new EQ2 player, uh, like he he or she, as you suggest, might be, I just assumed he was a he, that the storylines tab is in your quest journal. So if you bring up the quest journal uh, by hitting the J key and down the bottom there'll be a tab for storylines and you can see how you move along through and I do think you're exactly right that that is the best way to to start out leveling because it kind of guides you, kind of hands holds you a, li- a little bit and helps you get uh, level appropriate gear that will help you move to the next phase of the story as you advance the, the content. Uh, the other comment that he makes is about Easter eggs. And I have to say, this is one of the things, as an EverQuest 1 player, I have enjoyed most in EverQuest 2, is seeing what the world of Norath looks like those some 500 years later. So all these uh, landmarks or legendary NPCs or items and stuff like that come back up again in a little bit different. They have a little different taste, a little different look, a little different feel. So I enjoy seeing stuff that I do remember from EverQuest 1 and how it's been, and I'm using air quotes a little bit, reinvented into EverQuest 2. Uh, That was mainly the reason why I jumped into EverQuest 2 originally, and I think one of the reasons why I continue to play as much and look around every corner and turn over every rock as I'm playing to see those stuff, and especially reading the quest text. When you read the quest text, I think you get more of those Easter eggs as well. Okay, our next email comes from Charger. And Charger writes, I should preface this email by stating that I have never played EQ1 or EQ2. I am, however, a veteran MMO gamer, having started with Ultima Online and Ashran's Call for many, many years, all the way to Warcraft and Star Wars. But I love podcasts and have been listening to yours for the last four episodes and even hit a few sites trying to determine if EQ2 is right for me. Given that, I will be continuing to play WoW and Star Wars The Old Republic for my endgame and social fix, EQ2 seems to be a great alternative for my desire to play primarily solo. I've heard you reference an older episode of your podcast that was designed for beginners, but have you considered doing another with all the changes to the free-to-play model and the new expansion? I do have a few questions that I was hoping you could answer. One, what are the best servers to start on? Two, how much of the game can I solo? Three, what are these AAs I keep reading about? Four, does EQ2 have any type of appearance tab or gear customization? Five, what are some of the major differences from, say, WoW? Six, what is this golden path you refer to? Seven, any general tips for the total newcomer? What pitfalls should I avoid? Great show. Keep it up. Signed, Charger. So, Dell, um, did you want to try to answer some of these questions? There, there are quite a few of them. 
Sure, let's maybe run them down in the order that he lists them, and we'll, we can take a moment or two to talk about each. All right. Uh, the first one he asks are what are the best servers to start on. I think any server is good. Uh, take a look at the list. Just be aware that there are some special case servers like PVP or servers that are localized for certain international places. Uh, there are some that are a little heavier load, I think, like Freeport and Antonia Bale because of where they are in the list or Freeport having been the free-to-play server. But I don't think you can really go wrong with any server as long as it matches your play style. I would agree with that. I would even say if you really want a really social experience to look for the heaviest population server. But <laughs> maybe they don't want me to say that. I, I think we would, of course, plug Unrest because Unrest is the best. Of course. He yes. asks, then, how much of the game can I solo? And I'm going to say you can solo from 1 to 89 and into 90, but then you'll start to run into some some walls that we've talked about. Uh, certainly you can't solo heroic instances or raid content, although the, how great that would be if we could. But uh, you can certainly play a vast majority of the game uh, solo if you like. I think you miss out on some things when you do that, but certainly it is doable. I would actually go so far as to say you could solo the whole thing through 90, mine, you know, just short of instances, basically. I mean, there's content that's solo through the entire game. Absolutely, and it will take you from beginning to end if you want. I, I guess when that end game that we sometimes talk about, that raiding and those dungeon runnings, especially when you become max level, you are kind of uh, challenged into doing it with a group as opposed to being able to solo it. Although some classes and some geared up people are able to. Let's not say that they can't. But right. those are, I would say those are the exception rather than the norm. Right. Uh, what are these AAs I keep reading about? I think he's referring to the alternate advancement system we have. What they are is a way to enhance your character in a unique way. Everybody kind of, for the most part, looks the same. When you're a level 90 Templar, for example, you have the same spells. Every Templar has the same spells. But AAs are abilities or buffs or combat arts that can be unique for you. You choose. There's, a, there's a, quite a few of them, and you can pick which ones you want to uh, diversify your character with. Uh, would I say that the vast majority of players tend to go with the same ones? Yes, that's true. Uh, but there are some that are more solo-oriented, some that are more raid or group-oriented, and maybe they don't uh, match up for somebody's particular play style. There are ones that are exclusive for trade skilling, or uh, not exclusive, but rather geared for trade skilling, and maybe adventurers might not invest in those. So it's a way to uh, uniquify, is that a word? Uniquify your character a little bit uh, so that you don't look like everyone else who's a member of your class. Number four, does EQ2 have any type of appearance tab or gear customization? Yes, it absolutely does, and I think this is one of the stronger points in EverQuest 2, that you have the ability to customize your appearance and look different. Not only play different through AAs, but also look different through the gear and appearance that you can choose for yourself, whichever you like. Yeah, I actually change my appearance every now and then, especially around the holidays. I, I usually put on a different outfit when the holiday changes. <laughs> and then when my mood changes. But customizing, um, you can sort of customize your weapons, I believe. With I don't know if you can customize anything besides weapons as far as the reforging with the particle effects and stuff. You're correct. It's only limited to weapons. 
Right. So there are different levels of different effects that you can use the reforger for to give like a flamey quality to your sword or like a greenish glow, like poison looking or lightning bolts and things like that. There, there are some neat things, but the appearance tab, you know, you don't have to, that just comes with the game. You don't have to actually have the most recent expansion for that. Whereas reforging you do. His next question are, what are some of the major differences from, say, WoW? For me, I would say that's a little difficult to answer. I, I don't play WoW. I've really never invested more than 30 days in WoW when it first launched. Uh, so I, my comments are probably extremely dated. But the one thing that turned me off about uh, World of Warcraft was the way it looked. To me, it had that Viewmaster viewer look to it. I don't know if you remember that toy as a child, and yeah. maybe I'm dating myself a little bit. But it had that very cartoony feel to it, whereas EverQuest 2 has a more real-looking art to it. It looks real to me, and I always found that WoW looked animated. Uh, and that was kind of a turnoff because I didn't get that emergent feel to it. Yeah, I mean, I think some people like different things. Me, personally, I have no clue about the differences. I've never set foot in World of Warcraft, ever. So, no help there. Sorry. His next question was, what is this golden path you refer to? I think we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the last email, is the Storylines tab, where it guides you through the game, through the leveling content, taking you to zones that are appropriate for your level and helping you earn gear through those quests that are appropriate for your level and for your class to get through that content. His last question is about general tips. I would say figure out what you like to do the most and get yourself in the right environment to do that. As far as pitfalls, I would say the biggest pitfall that you could fall into is thinking that what you see is everything. Uh, where I would say EQ2 is much like an iceberg. Only 10% is visible, and the other 90% you really have to dig down below the surface to get at it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I would say one of the pitfalls definitely is don't just always take the top response to quest givers, read their text, enjoy the flavor, and take the time to stop and smell the roses along the way, and don't think that necessarily all the fun starts at level 90. While, yes, level 90 can be a lot of fun, there is a lot of content along the way that can be enjoyed equally. Sometimes the path is more enjoyable than the destination. How philosophical of you, Del. I, I am deep, Del, at times. I can be deep. One thing that um, struck me as odd about those first two letters, I feel like there may be, a, may be a misperception about what we're doing here on the podcast. I certainly hope we haven't given the impression that our goal is to offer advice to players. <laughs> it's not really what we're about. I mean, obviously, we're here to talk about the game, and if we happen to say something that's useful, that's awesome. Um, but we certainly don't profess to know everything. We don't profess to, you know, be in a position to offer uh, gaming guides of any kind. We're just offering our very specific opinions and commentary um, and hopefully entertain along the way. I just I just hope people don't have the wrong idea. I mean, we're not here to help you. I'm just kidding. Well, I, I think we can be helpful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Kick them to the curb, Allie. <laughs> but I think what, you're, what you're, maybe you're trying to say, too, is a little bit that these are our experiences, and your mileage may vary when you are playing the game because there are so many different ways to play the game and so many different avenues to explore 
this is the way we did it and this is the way it was enjoyable for us. And, and maybe that doesn't apply to everybody. And that's okay. Uh, Norath is a big, big world and there's a lot to do in it. And certainly the Dell and Alleyway or the Dallyway may or may not be the best for you. Right. Our next email is from the Green Armadillo. Wow. And the Green Armadillo titles his email, When the plan is not to sell things, customers will buy. Dear Delmon and Allie, this responds to Delmon's comment on shared bank unlocks from episode 38. Delmon suggested that SOE should go ahead and offer this feature on the theory that SOE should offer things that customers want to buy. While this is their approach to cash store items, like letting trolls have wings that let them fly, SOE has always designed their non-subscription models to include certain restrictions that can be only lifted by subscribing. On the old EQ2X beta forums, Smokejumper and Rothgar expressed concerns that SOE would lose money if they allowed subscribers to unlock everything and cancel their subscriptions. I don't disagree. Other games such as Lotro and DDO have arguably landed in that boat. But this also puts SOE in the paradoxical position of trying to not let their non-subscription option become too attractive. I am not optimistic that restrictions like shared bank slots and the plat cap... Have you ever tried playing a level 90 character who can't loot a single copper until they fall below 18 plat? Will be lifted anytime soon. Precisely because they are the last things that force players to subscribe. Signed, Green Armadillo, Player vs. Developer Blog. P.S. Felden's Guide to Beast Lord Warders on EQ2Wires says there are actually armadillo pets in the game. Based on their combat abilities, Felden categorizes the armadillo as rodent. Offensive. As the Green Armadillo, I will leave that question of whether it is fair to my readers and to your listeners. Sally, what do you think about what the Green Armadillo writes here in his email? Well, let me first address the armadillo pets question. Yes, there are armadillo pets. There are armadillo warders. But I don't classify that as a pet because Allie can't have one. I have to roll a new tune to get that armadillo. As for them being offensive rodents, well, I think we can agree that that's clearly a biased statement from a hater. Me and you, we know the real story. I mean, come on, they're spherical tanks. What's not to love? I think, and this is just my guess, that the term offensive refers to their odor. <laughs> Have you smelled an armadillo? The- <laughs> <laughs> I am at a loss for words on how to answer that question. Armadillo-shaped soap, perhaps? Perhaps, I don't perhaps. <laughs> soap on a rope. Armadillo on a rope. <laughs> no. All right, back to Green Armadillo's real, real comment here. While I agree in principle with him that holding out certain mechanics sort of can funnel players to become subscribers and that that normally you would you would think that would be the goal. I'm not sure that's true for EverQuest 2, to be totally honest. Um, I think their goal ultimately is to sell marketplace items. I don't think their goal is to gain more subscribers. I think if they gain more subscribers along the way, that's just sort of a bonus. I think the primary purpose at this point is to sell items off of the marketplace. It sounds really awful, but the reason I think that is because, you know, when this whole free-to-play thing started, it was separate, 
as he mentions with EQ2X, that was a separate server. So there really was no way for those people to convert over to being subscribers without jumping through hoops or starting over again. So to me, it's sort of, you know, and I, I think making the switch for everything to go free to play really was a matter of merging the servers and changing, taking a few things off of the marketplace. I mean, and changing the billing, you know, I think any subscriptions that happen at this point are just icing on the cake. Um, but really the, the bulk of the cake itself is marketplace items. I think I disagree with you and. I am by no means a MMO economist, so I don't know. But my theory would be that a company makes more money off of reoccurring subscriptions than it does off of the, and I'm going to use this evil term, nickel and diming free-to-play model. I think Sony makes more money off people who have reoccurring subscriptions because much like my gym membership, I never go, but I keep paying $10 a month. I think there's a fair amount of people who, just allow the $15 a month charge to keep hitting and maybe are not playing. Uh, SOE always me measures in subscribers or reoccurring subscriptions. They don't really measure in players because to their bottom line, players don't matter. It's how many subscribers you have. So when I was answering the comment in episode 38, I was saying, sure, sell unlockers because uh, as a consumer, I think that's a good thing. I, I wasn't speaking for the, the company itself. And I understand why the, the company needs to maintain certain pain points for the free-to-play model people because it wants to kind of force them into that subscription model because I think there is greater profits in it for them. While they still include that, you can consume as much as you want by paying free-to-play and buying unlockers and all that sort of stuff. I think long-term, long-term, the money is in reoccurring subscriptions. So I can see, yes, Sony does not want to necessarily provide an unlocker for everything because they still want those pain points to exist. But as a consumer, as a player, as a person, sure, I have no problem with them providing more unlockers because it gives me, as the player again, more options. Does that make sense? It does. I think we could probably go back on and forth on this for a while. But I really think, you know... You know, there may be more money coming to, to them from recurring subscriptions. Um, we'll probably never know, but um, a, those recurring subscriptions are kind of the the baseline. Like, that never changes. That never increases unless you add more. But if you add more, you're only adding a little bit. Whereas when you sell stuff on the marketplace, you put a new thing out there and you sell a whole ton of them. You've only made it once, and it's really not – it's a it's a virtual item, I guess. Yes, and I, and I see where you're coming from, but I think we – in this type of discussion, you need to kind of separate those, and I don't know what to call them, fluff items, like the wings, for example. Mm -hmm. Anybody can buy a wing, whether or not they have subscription or are playing uh, free-to-play, one-of, monthly, you know, non-reoccurring or something like that. Uh, they have the best of both worlds there from SOE's point of view. They can sell it to either. I right. think when it comes to unlockers, now you're talking about your subscription model exclusively and not the appearance or 
really cool sort of a thousand truths type item or something like that that everybody can buy. Okay, I get it. And unlocker is kind of a one-time thing for non-subscribing people. I understand what you're saying. Our last email comes from Ergos on the lovely, beautiful FunRest server. Ergos entitles his email, Contribution to the Conversation. To my favorite podcasters, Alicious and Dalman. When should a game developer not listen to their game's subscribers? A lot has been made of SOE's renewed interest in listening to their customers' wants and needs for EverQuest 2. As heavily referenced in the last podcast you did with Smokejumper, many times he mentioned that the team was actively listening to the players. And we have seen many new features lately that players have seemed to ask for. But today I sign on, and lo and behold, suddenly there were these cool new wings on the marketplace. Man, those Pegasus wings will look really cool on my dirge, and won't those bat-like wings rock on my Shadow Knight? Man, that seems cool. But wait a second, where's the lore? When we got the original flying mounts, it was because we had just rediscovered Velius, and there were some griffins there that had been trained as personal mounts. I get it, yeah, we did a whole quest line for that. But when new flying mounts came out in the marketplace, it wasn't such a big stretch to think, okay, somewhere in Norath, Someone had found these creatures and tamed them. I'm guilty of loading up my tunes with those. But now, wow, suddenly all the various sentient races of Norath are sprouting wings and flying around half-bird creatures. Yes, I know, it's just an appearance and really is no different than having a magical creature carrying you around as far as gameplay goes. But what a tremendous blow of silliness to the lore, the story of Norath and its inhabitants. How can you do that for $20 a pop? I'm sure these wings will be an enormous hit, but at what cost? Welcome to Norath. We all just suddenly sprouted wings. Did anyone at SOE think this through? Was the chance at more money more important than making sense with the whole story of the world? It's maddening. Also, let's visit on the Beast Lord. That's got lore, a ton of it, and it's good lore. That class has a unique combat system I find incredibly fun. But now I'm spoiled. I don't want to play the other classes. They gave us what we wanted, but it's so different, it cheapens everything else for me. I'd really like to hear what you two think of us getting what the majority want. How you think it affects the community, lore, and the future of the game, and perhaps other things you feel we've been given that actually may hurt us in the end. Thanks, signed Ergos from the Unrest server. So, Del, did you have any thoughts about this email? Absolutely, and much like Ergos suggests in his email, I think I had the same initial knee-jerk reaction when I saw these wing things come up in the marketplace. My thought was, wow, where did these come from? Everybody can do it, and it kind of looks... To me, it looked a little silly, especially in the video they produced with the Flight of the Valkyrie music with all these people flying it. But I looked at it and said, you know what? They're going to sell a ton of these because people want it. And as silly and as foolish and as unfounded as it might, as it might be in the storyline, they're going to do it. They're going to sell what sells, and people are going to buy it. Uh, so I, uh, to me, I'm a little frustrated, not necessarily at SOE, but at the players who are all saying how ridiculous this looks or how it doesn't have foundation in the lore. 
yet they all went out and bought them. I have been a strong opponent of station cash for, since it first came in, and I think a lot of people have been as well, but then they seem to put their high morals aside when they decide, oh, I really want that, and it's only a few dollars. I, on the other hand, have stayed firm on my soapbox and have not bought any of this stuff. While I do think it is silly, they certainly sold, and therefore from SOE's bottom line in its Excel spreadsheet, it looks like a win. All right. Well, I the wing thing, honestly, I've been avoiding the wings. I did not watch the video. I'm pretending they don't exist. Um, I agree. I think the wings on all tunes are very silly from a lore standpoint. I'm not uh, as, you know, huge on the lore as some people, but it bothers me. <laughs> I just think it makes no sense. Like, it would make no sense for my character to have wings at this point. And, uh, I mean, we've seen that a little bit with, um, you know, the wings that came out of Shard of Love. They were just decorative, right? I mean, I didn't have a problem wearing those because they, I got them, and they are sort of like a costume. They don't actually make me fly. I think it's ridiculous that people can fly without a bird. But who am I to say for other people? If that's what they want to do and that's what SOE is letting them do, I guess... Okay, um, I kind of feel like uh, instead of, you know, for MMOs, instead of calling it, you know, saying something's jumped the shark, I think maybe we'll start saying that sprouted wings. I love that. That's awesome. Maybe we've just we've just invented a new expression. I don't know. I think I, and I've said this in the past. We as players really should be careful what we wish for. Because, you know, we we don't know the consequences, the outcome in the end. And I I, I don't know. I fear down the road, EQ2 is going to be kind of like Frankenstein, like a bunch of patchwork pieces thrown together. I'll try not to be so negative. Well, certainly to, you know, the, the commentary about, well, it doesn't fit in the lore. Well, you know what? In an afternoon, they can whip up a couple of NPCs who stand around in the major city saying, hey, we found this book that talks about how we can grant flight to everybody. All you got to do is spend the six silver and buy this book, and ta-da, we've fixed, we've quote-unquote fixed the lore problem, right? Sure, I'm sure they can come up with something. Right. Uh, They can wave a magic wand, pardon the pun, and fix any lore problem they want or invent it to to solve any question that's out there. Uh, Whether or not, I guess, to me, it looks... Silly, and I agree. I do think it looks silly. Uh, it doesn't seem to fit into the story that I have in my head, but I think sometimes clockworks kind of get a little bit too far out in this in this sordid board world for myself as well. Uh, I, I like your term there. We're going to jump the wings or fly hit sprouted wings. I love that. Uh, and maybe that will become a commonplace term now. Uh, I guess I just, you know, I see so many people saying this isn't cool or this isn't good. Yet I see so many people wearing them and having them and spending money on them and, you know, squirrels and all these other things. I guess maybe I'm I'm an old school dinosaur in that respect where, hey, I, I look the way my gear looks because I earned it. I killed it. You're right. My shoulders in game right now are from Drunder and everything else I have is from uh, DOV instances. Uh, so I'm all blue with orange arms. But that's the way my armor looks. I, I like the way I look naturally. And I, I, I'm not big into this appearance and, and these fluff items and halos over my head or wings on my back. I mean, i got to be honest. Frankly, 
during raids, everybody with their wings flapping in my face, especially in first person, drives me bonkers. I can't see half the time because somebody's wings are slapping me about the face. Uh, I don't care for them. I, I don't have a pair. I, I wouldn't, even if I was given a pair, I don't think I'd put them on. Uh, and, and I think that's okay for me. Uh, am I discouraged by it a little bit? Am I still playing? Absolutely. It is what it is to some degree. They're going to sell it because they can. People right. buy it. As right. much as they talk about they don't like it, they're still buying it. Well, and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I bought a squirrel. What got me was that it was on sale. And that I bought it with Station Cash that was one-third, you know, less than one-third the price. Mm -hmm. So it was the sale that got me. It's like you could offer me a bag of garbage that if it was half price, I'd probably buy it. I have issues with that. Okay, so I... I will confess to that, and I and I've bought all the Jiggly backpacks, and there's another one that's out there that I want that has little moving parts to it. Um, but I'm waiting till I'm holding back until it goes on sale. I mean, it doesn't have to go that much on sale for me to buy it. But I uh, the wings, I'm I can't, I'm I'm really gonna draw the line. Even if they go on sale, I'm not gonna get the wings. I, and I guess I, I, I'm coming from this, and this sounds horrible, this holier-than-thou attitude of myself no. that I've been able to resist all the sales, so therefore I'm a better non-appearance person than everybody else. Uh, and, you know, I hear, I've heard some people in the community talk about, you know, well, I only spent the stuff I got for free. Well, you still spent it. You know, they don't yeah. account for they don't account for the fact that it was gifted to you as opposed to you actually purchased Station Cash. They just see Station Cash sales through Marketplace and... Uh, so you are feeding the beast as much as maybe some people I, are justifying it for the I know I'm feeding the beast. I've given up on justifying. I know that I am part of the problem, and I should quit complaining. Well, it's not a problem. It, it is a problem. Okay. It is a problem because uh, I think we've crossed the line into crazy town here with <laughs> <laughs> this wing business. Really. I mean, my EQ2 is long gone it, it's only in my memory now, my EQ2. The The game we play today is a completely different game. I, it, it's totally different from from launch, from, from what I fell in love with. I still love it, but it's a completely different game. Um, like putting it in terms of, of an old dear friend of mine, EQ2 were on, on version 4.0 mm -hmm. or maybe 4.2 at this point. It's crazy town with the wings, really. I, I feel a little weird about it. And whenever they come out with new stuff like this, it makes me feel a little pang of nausea. Fair enough, fair enough. So let me ask you this. So uh, EQ2, you met him, you, you, you dated him, he was really sexy, he drove a motorcycle, he drove your parents crazy, you married him, and now here seven, eight years later, eh, He's sitting around on the couch, not doing stuff. Burping and farting. Yeah, exactly. In a, in but a you box know what? A but see, I still get something from him. You still love I, him. I still he love just him. doesn't look what he, lo what he did in the beginning. Yeah. He's not as b bad of a bum as you're making him out. Okay. Say. All right. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's not scratching the belly. Maybe he's, you know, you know not yet anyway. Okay. Fair uh, enough. It's reaching that point, though. And he's reaching disgusting. I hate to say that. Okay. I, I still love this game. I just, I'm so, I, I go back and forth. I don't know. I, I love Jiggly Backpacks. I love the squirrel mount. He's so cute and his little nuts and stuff. 
but uh, well, here's where I'm looking at it from: is that you know, as I've said, I'm I'm a strong opponent of this, so I have stayed away from it completely. I think when SOE sees people buying stuff, mm-hmm. granted, even if it's on sale or if it's the cool thing that I kind of just want this one thing, well, then they take it a step further. You know, we've always talked about that slippery slope mm-hmm. or the moving of that gray line. Well, that gray line keeps marching forward towards the shark, towards sprouting wings. Well, and, and, and I guess where I'm coming from is I want really bad to blame SOE for it, but I think you're right. We can't. We can blame ourselves and, you know, be careful what you wish for. And, and, and this whole idea of, well, they're giving players what they want. What I guess what I don't know, I really wonder, like, how many people really wanted wings to fly with? Like real players who are who are playing the game on a regular basis, or dungeon maker, did they really ask for that? Or kilts? Like how many people really asked for kilts, or was it just the same ten people five thousand times? Well, that's a great question. So were ten people asking for it, and five hundred people buy it once it became reality, right? Yeah. You know, so is there a small vocal minority asking for something, but when other people see it, they uh, jump on the bandwagon with it too. Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely part of the equation too. Maybe so, but if there's, I guess if there's ten people asking for it, there's probably a hundred, and I'm just making numbers up, a hundred people who want it. Well, and the thing is about like who am I to poo-poo on kilts, which actually do fit the lore of certain races. Mm-hmm. Who am I to poo-poo on that when I'm sitting here buying jiggly backpacks, which have nothing to do with anything? Right. Exactly. So I mean, I can't be judgmental, but I I find it very difficult. I find it very. I find this whole thing very challenging. I, I think you're right. I think we only have ourselves to blame mm-hmm. because they're going to make it if we buy it, if and we're we going to keep buying it. And if we keep buying it, they're going to keep making it. Exactly. And if they keep making it, it's no matter what they're going to they're going to sell. It's just, you know, how much are they going to sell? It's if business. It makes, yeah. It's not personal. It's just I mean, business. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be good looking for the, them to be able to sell it. It just has to be new. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, there could be some really ugly outfit they make, and they still sell. Well, ugly is in the eye of the beholder at times. Sometimes not. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So let's talk about our most favorite and least favorite things for this episode. So do you have a least favorite? I do. This is going to sound really lame because I've heard other people say this and I and I kind of I don't like it. I've run out of things to do on Alley. I'm kind of bored. I mean, I hate to admit it, you know, because there's always more to do. I know I could work on things like, you know, achievements and battlegrounds. Well, yeah, I don't really want to. I could go do Dungeon Maker, but I, I don't really want to. I don't really like Dungeon Maker. I could go do pugs, but I don't really want to because I don't like pugs. What you've kind of hit is a wall in what you enjoy where you're forced into the grouping and that sort of stuff, uh, and there's not enough grouping opportunities. Yes. I mean, I have a ton of instances I still need to do. A lot of content there I haven't even scratched the surface on. So, you know, I just have to make time to get a group. But I, I really... I'm scratching here for, you know, grasping at straws for things to do. So I end up playing alts, but, you know. I've certainly had that, and I'm kind of bumping into a little bit of that myself. 
What's your least favorite thing this time? Uh, for me this week, it's changing mechanics in-game without documenting them clearly in the patch notes. And mm. while this might be a really low-level one, it's a really great example of it, I think, is that the EQ2 share application within the game, which posts to Twitter and Facebook, when it first launched, it used the hashtag pound EQII. Right. They changed it now to pound EQ the number two. I think because a lot of people were using the number two, not the II methodology when they were doing their own. Mm. One, it shows a disconnect, I think, a little bit with the customers and what we're really doing. And two, they changed this but didn't tell anybody about it. So in the past, I had been putting both of them in there so that it got covered on both. But now it looks ridiculous because I, I got two pound EQ numeral twos in there. Mm. So I think uh, they should be doing a better job of making sure that when they change game mechanics like that, that it is clearly being put in patch notes. I find it very frustrating. And this this goes not only for EverQuest 2, but for many IT products. I wish vendors did a far better job of documenting their changes than they do. Mm. And I hope Sony uh, does that even more so, because I do read patch notes, and I do try to absorb them and understand all the changes for what I can. Uh, and it frustrates me when they make changes like this and don't share it, especially when we've built behaviors and workarounds to address ones. So what do you have for a most favorite this week? It's totally self-serving. I finished Epic Repercussions on my Brigand, and she's ready for raiding. She just needs to raid to Brigand. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing this week is something I stumbled into on the Android Marketplace. Uh, I have an Android uh, smartphone, and there's an app out there called Quest Forever, and it's written by Exian, Uxian, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, from the Splitpaw server. He's taking advantage of some of the new uh, census data feed data and is making an app uh, on the Android for us, and I have to say it's a great little app. It's it far exceeds what that other thing they had was. And this was is being done by a player, and I think that was really cool. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been getting more publicity than it already has. I kind of bumped into it in the, in the marketplace, actually. Uh, great app. So if you have an Android-based phone, take a look for it. It is called Quest Forever, and I think you'll be happy with it, too. What does it do? Uh, you can look up your character information. You can see what gear you have. I know a lot of folks in my guild who have alts, and when we're doing the uh, farming runs, they don't remember, well, which of my alts has that item. You can set preferences in it. And so you can have all the gear that all your characters have in one quick-to-find lookup to say, oh, yeah, I already have the pants on that character. I don't need those. That's really cool. And you can see a lot of your stats, uh, you know, the money you have on you, which is kind of cool as well. Uh, mm. and, it, and it's getting real-time data from the service, so it's really great. I, I've certainly enjoyed it, and he's done a nice job with it. It sounds like what uh, EQ2 Players was used to be a long time ago, only better. Yeah, absolutely, and it works. And it's online. And it's online As up to date. Yeah. Unlike, <laughs> unlike EQ2 Players. Which we Which is, hear is coming, but we're still yeah, waiting. We've heard that for a while, haven't we? Yes. So, Del, we have an Are You Smarter This Week? Excellent. I am ready for it. So this is a little bit of a trivia game. Allie has two categories of questions, and she's going to share those with us in a moment. I'm going to choose the one that I think I'm most confident in answering. Uh, then I'll also decide whether or not I want challenge or normal mode, and that uh, we'll see how I do. So, Allie, what are our categories this week for Are You Smarter Than a Delmon? 
Your categories are the order of things and medicine for the soul. I have been avoiding medicine for the soul for a long time, and I think I'm going to continue to do that. So I will take whatever the other category was. It was the order of things. Very good. Okay, you can do normal mode or challenge mode. I'm going to go normal mode. I'm feeling a little off today. Okay, fair enough. So normal mode, you have to get three out of five of these. And the question is, give me the next thing in the series. Okay. And uh, I'll start with this one. Kingdom of Sky, Echoes of Fedor. Kingdom of Sky, Echoes of Fedor. I'm assuming the next one is the expansion. And that is going to be the Shadow Odyssey. No. <laughs> what came before the Shadow Odyssey and after Echoes of Fedor? You don't know? This was a gimme. I have to be honest. I am drawing a complete blank at the moment. I cannot remember the expansion between those two. All right. Well, I'm going to let you. Revisit. Can we think about? Let me think about that one. Yeah, we'll revisit that one. Okay. The next one is tree rune, sword rune, coin rune. Yes. Ding 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 ding. That is from those rainbows. Yes. The, the scrying. Little... Yes. I have been playing the scrying game a lot, <laughs> and I'm still missing one book, and it's irking the heck out of me. I am scrying for you, too. Thank you. Okay, the next one is Nexona, Drushk. And I am going to go with Fardar and Shade of Fardar. No. Why not? Taskmaster. Okay, now I think I have a, a case here. Okay. Your three mobs are three mobs in the order of VP. Uh, they're actually, yeah. but My they're... answer was the three mobs that are the last of each of the wings in VP. Oh. Hmm. You might have an argument there. Do we have to go to the judges table? Well, hold on a second here. Nexona, okay, I'll give you, but Drushk... Isn't Drushk in the same wing as Nexona? No. When you kill Drushk, you went through the portal and back to the middle. <gasps> oh, you're right. You went back. All right. You might have a half a point on that. You know what? I was giving you, I was going with the Fate of Norath. Questline. Okay. Yeah, so those the, would be the order in which you bump into them in the zone. In their so original I, I guess I can maybe give you that one because in a different order. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, so well, we'll revisit that. But we may we may need that one if you get all the rest of them wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay, the next one. Here we go. Glimmering material, luminous material, lambent material. Holy cow! You got it. Thank you. Very nicely done. Very nicely and very impressive. Thank you. Okay, next one. Yarrow. Sizel. Dandelion. Wow, good job. And what is that? Those are the rare roots from yes. the tier one, two, and three. Very good. I'm really, really impressed. Do you want to go back to the very first one? Kingdom of Sky, Echoes of Phaedor. Rise of Kunark. Yes. So you got four and a half. 
So you could have probably done challenge mode because on four and a half, I would have given you the fifth one. All right. Wow. I got to say, uh, the one that I'm surprised I was so stumped on <laughs> expansions, yet managed to remember Roots from Tier 3. Yes, I was shocked by that. I have to say, I always thought Dandelion was weird, so I always remember that one. <laughs> Why do you think it was weird? I don't know. It just sounded... Well, it's what I have in my yard. I don't have Sissel in my yard, but Sizel. I have plenty of plenty of Dandelions. Is it pronounced Sissel or Sizel? I don't even know. I don't have either. <laughs> I think it's Sizel. Okay. That was a great like question. A, like a rug. Like jute. Sizel. Okay. Like, like rope or something. I have to say, I really did enjoy that question. That was really good. And then uh, I, we got to get back to Medicine of Soul at some point. Yeah, we do. Okay. N- next time, maybe. Next time. Uh, so do we have anything else for this, the 39th episode of EQ2 Talk? No, I think that pretty well covers it. Okay. So first, let's say thank you uh, to everyone who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly do hope that you enjoyed it. We also want to say a big thank you. To one, to Happy Pappy for allowing us to go on his uh, Western holdup adventure out here in Billings, Montana. And we also want to say a big thank you to this week's uh, corporate sponsor, the Kamaka Ukulele Company. Uh, if you're interested in ukuleles, be sure to check them out over at kamakahawaii.com. A family business since 1916, Allie. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at Allie at eq2talk.com. Or Delmon at EQ2Talk.com. You can also email us in-game. For me, that is EQ2.Unrest.Alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. You can catch me as EQ2.Unrest.Delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. Or you can join our in-game chat channel, which is EQ2.Unrest.EQ2Talk. You can also check us out over on Facebook, where we would be facebook.com slash EQ2Talk, and we would love it if you liked us. Or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash EQ2Talk. I think that wraps up everything for episode 39, and we hope to see you back here for episode the big 4-0, Allie. Oh, boy. Say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. I didn't think it was that funny, but apparently it was. Uh, I just, it just something tickled my funny bone. Right. Oh, I broke my pencil here. I need to hold on a second. So this week we're talking, uh, it's not this week, it's this show. You tear open a bag of Snickers. All right. Oop. Sorry. Let me toot chair. it. No, that's my chair. It needs WD-40 or something. Are you done with me? Are you annoyed with me? No, no, not at all. I'm just thinking. Back to green. green bleh, bleh, bah. Do you mind? No. I adjust. Adjust. Sorry. And I'm malicious. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and I'm malicious. <laughs> do you want me to start over? Do you want me to just? What do you want to do? I just want you to say your say your line. I'm, okay. I'm trying. I thought I did. <laughs>
breathing. 